his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. We have turned the calendar page. It's the month of May, and there are many things that are coming up. Some that we're going to tell you about today include the DAV, connecting veterans and their spouses with meaningful employment opportunities. Jeff Hall is the National Employment Director with the DAV, and he'll have the information. We'll also talk with John Morrow. He's a Conservation Corps leader with the Lackawanna River Conservation Association. Taking care of the environment goes on long past Earth Day, and John has some ways that we all can get involved. Getting Involved starts next weekend. Mari Potus is the Director of Membership and Events with the Greater Scranton Chamber of Commerce. They're holding a chamber block party. It's actually taking up two blocks in downtown Scranton. And Mari is going to start us off by explaining what's happening and when. Mari, you have a big event that is going to be coming up in downtown Scranton. And for the Greater Scranton Chamber of Commerce, this is a big event so many ways, especially since it's happening for real in person. We are having the Chamber Community Block Party on Friday, May 7th and Saturday, May 8th. First Friday, downtown Scranton on the two and 300 blocks of Penn Avenue. And this is in lieu of normally our 500-person sit-down dinner that we would have at the Cultural Center, one of the hotels. It's our way to give back to the community, to help bring everybody safely together, to try to find our new normal. Tell us what exactly is going to happen during the upcoming Chamber Community Block Party. This is May 7th which is first Friday, and we're on the map. We are going to have three music stages, which will be at the, the Chamber Building, the music stage, and then we're going to have the La Festa Showmobile in between the two and 300 block, and then we have a third stage down at PNC Bank, with 24 bands are going to be performing. So every hour, there's going to be different music from 5 to 9 on Saturday, and there's two additional stages for performance art. So we have one in the 200 block and one in the 300 block with twirlers, dancers, uh, drummers, performance, uh, like actors, a lot going on there. We have three vendor marketplaces uh, between the two blocks that uh, any small business can apply for free space. There's no charge for a business to be there, sell their products and services. Um, and we also are going to have an artist alley where any artist can display um, 
their creations. And we're going to have live art demonstrations going on as well. We have four live artists that will be commissioned to create some pieces for the block party. And then we're going to have children's activities too. But there's also tons going on at the chamber building. We're going to have the Fidelity free ice cream truck is going to be there. We're going to be giving away free popcorn. So true fun community celebration. Everybody can get out and just come down and feel safe and have a good time. All that in two days? (laughs) Wow. In two days, and we are doing it in a start to finish under seven weeks, just so you know. So, yes, there is a lot, but we have amazing talent and amazing people in Northeast PA that everybody has been so eager to be involved from the lot owners being so gracious to giving us their space to every every group, every act, every business that is coming through that is saying, yes, I want to be a part of this. How can I help? We have volunteers. This Everything is CDC compliant. We have a safety committee. We're being advised by the top infectious disease specialists in the area. So, you know, face masks are going to be acquired, but everyone is coming out in droves just to want to be part of it. I can't even believe that you're going to have that much entertainment in one place. Well, not one place. You're actually over a few different spots. You know what I mean. Yes, the the bands were actually employing 100 musicians. So we're not doing things just in kind. Every musician is being paid for their services. The, The artists that are commissioned are being paid. So we're able to give some employment to also vendors that we're displaced. We're able to do business, which is nice because, you know, we have to bring you know, professional tenting and AV and lights and construction lights and everything is going to be very, very safe for everyone as well to uh, among those, you know, blocks to walk around and feel safe and just listen to music and have a good time or watch a show and have a good time. And we're working on something possibly happening for Saturday night. I didn't think there'd be room for anything else. <laughs> okay, we have one more thing that's going on that's going to be actually going for seven days, and that is Chamber Restaurant Week. One thing we are definitely doing, because we're, we're all about making sure everybody is getting out and supporting these small businesses that were really hurt during the pandemic. So our Restaurant Week kicks off on May 2nd, and all the information is grantchamber.com, and we'll be promoting it throughout the block party. Because with the narrow time frame that we worked with putting this whole event together, uh, we're not able to have um, food that they could make on site. You know, we can't bring in, you know, grills and, and fry pans, everything like that. So people can scan their QR codes. They can scan. There's 90 restaurants signed up for Restaurant Week where people can go and enjoy. And of course, you know, on, on the two and 300 block, we have some wonderful restaurants as well and bars and stuff like that. But downtown, but all over uh, Northeast PA, people can scan and check it out or they can get their reservations made now. So then they can come down and have a good time and then say, okay, we're going to go to dinner now. You mentioned at the very beginning that this is the usually the time when you have the Chamber's annual big dinner. Yes. Why do I think, Mari, that you're going to throw such a party that maybe <laughs> things are going to change in the future as a family-friendly event? 
This is completely family friendly. We don't know what's going to happen in a year. We're answering the call to the community right now. So our business is bringing the businesses to the community. Um, that's why everything's free for businesses to be there. But, you know, try to give back a little bit more. After seeing the great response of the ICE Festival, we were, we were heavily involved in the ICE Festival. It was, this is the right thing to do for our businesses. I don't know if we'll have a 500-person sit-down event and a block party next year. Right now, it's not scheduled to be. But once, you know, sometimes once you have all the logistics done, doing it year two, it's like, okay, that worked and that didn't work. Now it's a whole different scene. So we'll have to see what happens next year. We'll see because everybody who supported that dinner, our sponsors and a lot of businesses that made that possible, they're all making this possible. Every single thing we're doing, like I said, there is no cost we're going to bring. I'm bringing in porta potties like they're safe and nice, wash stations, sanitizing stations, lighting. Everything's going to be safe. I don't know if we'll be having a block party. But at this time next year, I hope that we're having the same conversation. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, <laughs> that might be a little bit fun. And I might recruit you as a volunteer if that's the case. <laughs> well, as long as you get me a pair of sneakers. There you go. Get comfy shoes and I'll give you a T-shirt. And we're ready to go. Now, you mentioned so much going on. Where can people find out all the information for First Friday and Saturday? So ScrantonChamber.com right now is where everything is. So we're still taking a lot of different um, registrations. So artists can still register. Vendors can still register. But everything is going to be at ScrantonChamber.com. And then we're going to spin off a page closer to the event that'll have the map and the, the times and what bands are playing on this stage, what bands are playing on that stage. ScrantonChamber.com is kind of the go-to. And this is a partnership and collaboration with several organizations. We're working together with Observe Scranton, cross-promoting events. The Visitors Bureau is on board. The county and for site events is on board. This is a huge collaboration that we're bringing everyone together for. I'm just curious, to the two and 300 blocks of well, we're on the three here. We're at the end of 300. We're on the corner of Mulberry and Penn. Our new building has been there for over 30 years. But the 300 of Penn makes a lot of sense. It's a really hot block in Scranton right now. You know, it's been revitalized. It's gorgeous. Uh, a lot of, you know, very vibrant businesses. And PNC happens to be our presenting sponsor, which is at the beginning of the 200 block. So it made sense to let's see what we could do the more I you know started running logistics where I needed to have space and what we needed to do based off the projections okay we need two full blocks I'm able to do one in at PNC for music and one across the street PNC actually manages the green space across the street so when you look at the philosophies uh, and you look at the amount of parking lots that are on those two streets that we have every parking lot on board as a partner. So, I mean, the amount of tents that we're bringing in is it's a very large number. Making sure you have the vendors covered, performance covered, artists covered, but making sure there's plenty of open air space for people. It's going to be like 20-foot walkways, enough for social safe social distancing. You mentioned parking, and that was going to be my next question. Parking will not be available on Penn Avenue. We are going to buy out the meters. There are parking garages. There's plenty of street parking that people will be able to park at. Just those two blocks you will not be able to park at. Friday and Saturday nights, there's a lot. of Once, once people leave town from work and stuff like that, there's plenty of parking. 
So the garages, hopefully we'll have beautiful weather that people won't mind walking. There's people all over town and they, you know, park wherever because for Saturdays they don't, you don't have to pay for meters. So that's good. <laughs> well, why do I, again, have the feeling that since Mari is involved and Mari is in charge, that of course the weather has got to be perfect. Please, Paula, keep that in mind because that's what I'm telling everybody. Pray to my pray to my weather gods. I keep looking at forecasts as far out as it's going. I could sit here and pretend and pretend and pretend. And this is the one thing I hated doing golf tournaments for. It's like, oh, yeah, because you get the wrong weather and do all this planning. Yep. In this case, it's only been seven weeks, but it's seven weeks of exhausted planning to kind of Hold your breath the whole time, but we're prepared going to be okay, even if there was a drizzle in the air, that people are going to be able to come down safely and be protected in the elements. Let's have you one more time. Give us the rundown. Everything is going to start on Friday. What time, where, when, and then when on Saturday? The Chamber Community Block Party will be held on Friday, first Friday, May 7th from 5 to 9 on the 2 and 300 blocks of downtown Scranton and Saturday, May 8th from noon to 4 p.m. again on the blocks 2 and 300 blocks of Penn Avenue in downtown Scranton. Family fun event, uh, plenty of music, 24 different bands, 16 different performance groups, 100 vendors, and children's activities and an artist alley featuring live artworks being created on site. And Chamber Restaurant Week will kick off on Sunday, May 2nd and run through Saturday, May 8th. Information can, is available at ScrantonChamber.com and you can check out all the 90 plus restaurants participating in Restaurant Week hours and any specials they have going on for the Restaurant Week. Thanks, Mari. Don't go away. We're heading down to the river next on Special Edition. Now on Special Edition, meet John Morrow. He is with the Lackawanna River Conservation Association and has some background. Formed in 1987, the Lackawanna River Conservation Association has been working to help revitalize the Lackawanna River, its environment, ecosystem, and to also promote trail systems, outdoor usage of the river and its waterways and environs, such as paddling and, of course, trout fishing. The Lackawanna River is noted as a world-class trout fishery, and that is that is quite notable. I think a lot of people who who are familiar with the Lackawanna River and have been for many years would be very surprised if they got close enough to it now as opposed to 15, 20, 30 years ago. Absolutely. It's a great comeback story. And that is something that was noted last year. The Lackawanna River was voted Pennsylvania River of the Year because of the work that has been done to bring back this vital waterway. It's not just the river itself. Absolutely. One of our missions is we work not just with the trail system, but with various parks and recreational facilities. We promote an outdoor lifestyle, if you will. Having the accessibility for people to go down, enjoy the river, have a walk along the trail and connect just with the natural world that is right there. Many people are actually surprised that we have this river running through the valley, actually connects all the communities along the river and the valley. The Lackawanna River watershed is rather unique. We've had 
so many challenges to overcome, largely the uh, legacy of the anthracite coal era and the railroads that supported them. Those are the hurdles that we have overcome and are continuing to overcome with our work. What is your work? We've really done a great job with addressing many of the issues, the illegal dumping, the pollution. Uh, People don't realize that the sewer systems are actually one of the major contributors to distinction of having pathogens that are introduced through raw sewage with the runoff from storm events. So there's so many aspects of the work that has been done to help protect the river. Now, the Conservation Corps is dedicating itself to the specific mission of restoration work. And that is where we're picking up now. Uh, it's, uh, maybe it could be looked at as a phase two of the work that needs to be done in addressing the issues of our watershed. A lot of people, again, take it for granted. It's been there. It's been there a long time. You mentioned the anthracite connection. Not, But now there are so many things happening there. How are you going about introducing people to coming back and enjoying the Lackawanna River? We have such great support from so many governmental, private, industry, uh, various governmental agencies that support our work and receive funding to continue this work. Then there's just the community involvement, which is one of our focus points where we want to get people out and participate. One of the key factors, though, that must be noted is these partnerships that we've developed. So many organizations, local businesses, learning institutions have people come out. Odyssey was fantastic. They reached out to us and said, we'd like to do something for Earth Day. Now, I have been working with the Lackawanna Heritage Valley, with the Heritage Trail System. And the Lackawanna River Heritage Trail was born out of the work of the LRCA, where we started to reclaim some of these properties along the river in what's called the riparian zone. We have these former rail lines. So these corridors lend themselves to becoming trails. Uh, You'll see rail-to-trail movements that have been across the country for the past several decades. This is an opportunity to put in place the ability for people to have these trails, these park systems that they can then get out, enjoy a healthier lifestyle, and take take a little more appreciation of, of the natural world around us. You're so absolutely that, right. Yes, you're right. And that is one of the points that we'd like to highlight. You have this these resources as part of your community. And one of the key terms for what we do is stewardship. And stewardship is key in having people take an investment in their communities, in their natural lands around them. And often Earth Day, people will come out. And we love that so many local businesses will send their employees out. But even now with COVID, we're having the restrictions released. These are ideal events because they're outdoor, they're safer. We keep uh, people into smaller groups and we set them up with different planting or let them uh, go along the trail system to uh, pick up trash. We try to give them different options to go out and and participate and practice stewardship on these 
resources and lands that are our collective land. And a lot of times, too, John, people think that it's it is it's all about cleanup. It's all about doing this. But when you get out there, you can also enjoy just so much. And I think that is another one of the unique things about this area is that people get involved and you have so many opportunities for people to get involved. You have all kinds of events. Do you have some off the top of your head? Yes. So getting the word out is critical, and uh, that's why I welcome this opportunity to speak with you and to highlight the work that we're doing and the fact that I've had so many people come to me, uh, parents with young children, saying they really want to get out and teach their children. Maybe goes back to the classic civics where you take an investment in your community, and a big part of your community is the environment. So many parents have said that they are thrilled to have an opportunity to have a family day. They get out, the kids learn a little something, they get some fresh air, some sunshine, exercise, walking, and they get to do something great. We did a planting of an arch bulb last weekend, and one young mother had her son, he's about four or five years old. They live right across the trail from the river. And we were doing some work there. She had seen that we were doing it, came over, and was so glad to have the opportunity to spend time with her son this way. And so we went and planted some trees along the banks of the river there. So she said that this is an opportunity where she can remind her son when he grows up, see the tree that you've watched growing along the river there. That you planted, that really gives a connection that you just cannot put a value to. I can remember going back to when we were in grade school and Arbor Day came along and they would give us this little shoot of a tree. But you don't appreciate things like that unless you have the opportunity, as you said. And so, and it does take a while. So there's, there isn't that instant gratification of whoosh, tree just grew right up. And that's kind of where you came from, wasn't it, John? Absolutely. My experiences as a child with the natural world were quite uh, formative. It ultimately shaped who I am. My appreciation of the natural world, our communities that are in this environment that we need to nurture, care for, and see that we are responsible tenants here as we spend our time in this world. Just looking, and I have to tell everybody, it's lrca.org, O-R-G, and there is so much information on your website and on your Facebook page. And what really got me was, you know, you talk about the plants, you talk about the water, but you have something that is a street sweeping contest. It's not something that I would think the LRCA would be heavily involved in, but you are. There's an importance to this. It's a case where people do not realize that uh, localized flooding as a result of development. It's human activities, keeping these catch basins for the stormwater clear helps to address this issue. And it also, one of the biggest problems, say, in cities such as Scranton is cigarette butts. 
And there's a lot of contaminants that will be leached out by the stormwater into the waterways. If people don't appreciate that what I refer to as the cumulative effect, where so many thousands of cigarette butts then introducing their contaminants into the waterway really has ultimately quite an effect. And so this was born out of last year when we could not have in-person events. And we said, you know, it's part of that civic pride. This would be a great way for people to participate on their own. And uh, we've made it a little more fun by making a contact. You'd be amazed doing cleanups, uh, the things that you find. We had to clean up with uh, the folks from Odyssey. And one of the things that I did with the cleanup was broken down onto a floodplain along the river in Old Forge. It, it never underestimate the power of water. Uh-huh. It's amazing what gets washed downstream in these major storm events. We pulled the bumper off a pickup truck, a, a refrigerated door, many tires. It, again, this was just uh, something that uh, our executive director, Bernie McGurl, he said, let's, let's just offer folks something to get them out. And again, even just if it's just out enjoying your street and keeping it clean and taking pride in your neighborhood. Because again, you had the opportunity to show the folks. And when, when we meet, when we mention Odyssey, we're, we're mentioning our special edition family that works in our building here and they did a great job. And I think one of the things that you are able to bring to that, John, is that the LRCA can take people on walks. They can show them things. They can explain. So it's not just the run-of-the-mill person walking through the forest going, yeah, that's a pretty tree. That's a nice leaf. Look at the bird. But you're actually giving them more of a history lesson of uh, information so that when they walk out of there, they know that it's just more than pretty and, and sounds good. So you have the, the eco walks that are also available to folks as well? Absolutely. And again, Bernie McGrill, our executive director at the LRCA, is a wealth of knowledge. He's a local born and raised, has been our executive director for over 30 years now. He was involved from the start with the LRCA and is quite the local history buff as well. So these opportunities for folks to get out, take a nice walk along the river, learn something of the local history, about the environment and the work that's being done. We held one up in Archibald last week and the folks loved it because it was just such a great opportunity for families to get out, take a nice stroll along the trail and see parts of the river they may not have seen otherwise learn about the history uh, with the Heritage Valley, with the trail system. We're very big on the local history and the heritage of the Lackawanna Valley. So these walks will give you an opportunity to experience many different aspects. It's not just saying, oh, this is that type of tree. It's more of a comprehensive overall talk and it just goes by so quickly. We had a beautiful day last week, and uh, we do have some more coming up. You can go to the LRCA website or Facebook page, and we have events set up for them. 
And you can always reach out to our office if you have any questions. We also welcome inquiries when people would like to say have a group come and join us. We can uh, arrange for special events and of that nature. And that's really that's really just a great community outreach tool for us. What a great idea for a birthday party. Absolutely. We we even have had bus tours of the uh, Lackawanna River Valley, its watershed. And with, when I discuss the watershed, this is all the tributaries, all the creeks. Uh, most notably, we have Roaring Brook coming from the Pocono Plateau through Nahog Park down to the river, and then Leggett's Creek, which comes through the notch up in the Abingtons. And these are waterways that are of particular interest to us, and they often hold many interesting stories that uh, you realize there's so many sites along where there had been collieries. You learn about the, the coal mining history. Then the railroads, of course, supported the uh, coal industry. You get out and get to see everything from maybe a different perspective, which is always very enlightening. And brings a lot more respect for the outdoors and for all the things that you mentioned that people just drive past every day as they're on their way to work. One of the other things that I found on the website, uh, lrca.org, was the scavenger hunt. And I think that's great because, again, especially when you have children and they're going along a trail and they're looking for something and you have pictures up of different things that that they can find and how exciting is that to be able to say, Oh, look, this, this looks like that, that thing. Oh, it's a mushroom. Okay. So again, you don't realize just as you did when you were young, what you are going to take with you as you, you go through your life. So John, if someone would like to get involved from your end and, you know, not just on Earth Day or not just on some of these events, but but maybe get involved with the organization. How would they go about doing that? They can always contact our office. And I would certainly be remiss if I did not mention at this point that the Conservation Corps program uh, was basically spawned out of an effort put by one of my colleagues, uh, Paul Bechtel, he's our tree guy. He is fantastic. He has spearheaded these plantings that we're doing. But we even have a uh, rescue plant program where we go in to sites that are going to be developed, and there are so many beneficial species. The work we do uh, focuses on native species, these indigenous plants that were eradicated in so many areas by development. And that is why this restoration work is so critical. It's There's such benefits to reforestation, to having the uh, carbon sequestration with planting trees. But as well, what we're looking to do is to reintroduce the natural environment that should be found. If you see so many of the waterways in the area are lined with rhododendrons, which are just absolutely beautiful. They're green throughout the year. They flower and it also creates a habitat for many species of wildlife that should be found. These are species that are rather costly for us to try to go out, purchase these uh, 
plants and trees and put them in. So we have a program where we actually go in and do a rescue and we'll transplant any uh, species that would be lost to this development and we take these specimens and use them in our replanting programs. Wow. And again, that brings me back to getting involved and also um, donations, I'm sure. Again, a lot of people just think certain times of the year, things like that are happening and are needed. But again, in your work, I think you can probably tell them otherwise. I have to say that one of the things that makes this all work is our partnerships. And I really must add at this point that we have such a fantastic coalition of various entities involved. So we have everything from our conservation district uh, here in Lackawanna County, many of the learning institutions, of course, Keystone, Marywood, the University of Scranton, uh, Scranton Prep, we've had students come out. This is an opportunity for the students to get their volunteer hours in to to actually have a really a great impact with the work they do, uh, where they have the opportunity to be involved with a program that's more than, you know, as we say, there's such a constant need for doing cleanups. And the litter that you'll find along the trail, sometimes illegal dumping, where it's uh, actually commercial waste that is dumped along the river. These are opportunities for people to collaborate. And we have the Shade Tree Commission up in the Abingtons, the Lackawanna County Office of Environmental Sustainability. Uh, Trout Unlimited, of course, is a big partner of ours. We did a great uh, planting with them recently up in Jessup along Grassy Island Creek, which is uh, a section of uh, the creek where it was affected by the coal mining industry. And shade trees are important to keep uh, the water temperatures uh, cooler, which the trout really like. And even plantings along the banks where you can uh, shore up the bank from being washed away with proper plantings. And the root systems getting into the waterway are critical. There's uh, We have a thing, uh, fishes grow on trees. And the kids really love this because we teach them how these little aspects of the ecosystem where you have the root systems going down into the waterways are critical for the fish to uh, lay and protect their eggs. And ephemeral pools along these floodplains where uh, amphibians can put their eggs and they're protected from the fish. The ecosystem is, is so complex and since there has been so many factors that have impacted negatively, I might add, the environment and ecosystems here in the valley, that this restoration work is addressing them and on so many levels. And we try to do all our efforts in a multifold fashion where we'll have so many beneficial uh, results. We have a big issue here with invasive species. The knotweed is not a native species that was brought in to help uh, shore up where they had cleared all the natural uh, growth. Uh, they brought the knotweed in to keep from uh, erosion along the rail lines in particular. 
Now we have this legacy of this invasive species, which is incredibly aggressive. It just edges out the native species. We have addressed this issue with our plantings, where we will actually go and remove some of these very large root balls uh, and then put our plantings in their place. And you might see uh, folks going along the uh, Heritage Trail at parts. You'll see that we're starting to do a uh, topping program where one of the best ways we've found to really hold back the growth of knotweed is to uh, take tops and put it over the affected area. John, you'll come back again and tell us more? Always willing to uh, highlight some of the events that we are having uh, over the year. We do have some this weekend, uh, May 1st, we have two events. One is up in the Abingtons along Leggett's Creek, as I had mentioned before. The other is on the new section of the Heritage Trail up in Dixon City. This is, again, uh, the site of a former colliery that we were able to have a trail system put through. And we're going to go in, and now that the work has been done to put the trail along the river there, we're going to be doing some plantings. Uh, there's a need for cleanup. And so people can come out and join us at either one of those sites. Uh, that's this Saturday, May 1st. Then May 2nd, we will be at uh, the Heritage Trail up at uh, Depot Street in Peckville. And we'll be working upstream along the trail to the Winton section, which is fantastic. It's a great example of where the riparian zone was not heavily affected by industrialization, etc. And so you can see the contrast of what you should be seeing along the river and the trail system and where we're at with the work of having to remediate uh, the effects of past development and uh, industry. As well, we also have coming up on May 8th, important event for us. Uh, we are going to be doing a uh, planting down at Sweeney's Beach. The parcel of city land was transformed from a knotweed jungle into a wonderful uh, recreational facility that is run by the LRCA. And there is still so much work to be done down there. And normally, this would be the day that we would be holding our Riverfest. Now, last year, due to COVID, we were unable to hold it uh, at our traditional uh, Mother's Day weekend Saturday this year. So September 25th, we will be holding our annual Riverfest down at Sweeney's Beach, uh, which is a wonderful facility right in the heart of the city in the Pinebrook neighborhood. And uh, it's dog-friendly. You have great river access there. Till we can have Riverfest in September, we're going to take our traditional date and do this planting down at Sweeney's Beach. Anyone interested in coming down and joining, we certainly welcome the uh, company and you can reach out to us at any time here at the LRCA and uh, if you have a scout group we've had the Girl Scouts have done many of our events with us and they have been fantastic Uh, even just down to the 
girls were getting buckets of water and they saw some crawfish in the river and they were they were thrilled by it. I was thrilled by it. You know, it was fun, and that's great because that shows that uh, you know this is a, a, a waterway that's being revitalized and can host these indigenous species that should be found. And I mean, when I know when I was a kid, boy, finding a frog down by the creek, that was just the funnest thing, you know? So it's great. Thanks, John. And we'll have him back to talk about Riverfest soon. Next on Special Edition, Jobs for Veterans. On Special Edition, meet Jeff Hall, National Employment Director with the DAV. Well, thank you for having me on your show, uh, certainly to discuss this important topic, especially relating to veterans and service-connected disabled veterans and, you know, certainly their, their spouses. You know, it, the struggle throughout the employment search for a lot of veterans is making that initial contact with companies, uh, where to go, who's hiring, uh, a lot of those things that you would traditionally think that, that is a struggle for them of anybody searching for employment. Uh, On the same side, or on the opposite side, you have companies who are also struggling, perhaps, to find veterans in certain ways. They do recognize a lot of progress has been made in this particular realm for companies where, uh, you know, for years and years, it it really was looked at as, why would we look at hiring veterans, so on and so forth, uh, to where we are now, which is they know that the veterans, that you know, the veteran community, the men and women serve, that serve possess the talent and skills, dependability, soft skills, uh, loyalty, all of those things that make their, you know, that would be a great addition to any company's team. So they do recognize that, again, the real, uh, I guess, conundrum is just getting them in the room together uh, so that they can, uh, you know, get up on the best opportunity that they can. And through the DAV, which I know we have some very active offices in Pennsylvania, here, especially in the Northeast, how can veterans get more information by going to some of the things such as the DAV, Jeff, hosts virtual career fairs? Correct. Correct. We, uh, prior to the, you know, prior to the pandemic, we were running full tilt on our, on our career fairs. We did have some that were virtual, but out of our schedule of 140 career fairs every year that we host, 125 of them were in person. You know, that includes Philadelphia and Pennsylvania there in that particular area. Uh, Cleveland, not that far from, you know, uh, uh, across the way. Uh, but across the country and our virtual career fairs, you know, we, we were doing a lot of them that were regional. Or nationwide. So regardless of where a person's low physical location uh, is, they may be wanting to move or relocate to a different region of the country, or they're still serving on active duty, but going to transition once they return from their overseas assignment uh, as an example. So our virtual career fairs are a nice complement to that whole uh, schedule. Uh, prior to the pandemic, you know, we, we had hosted uh, so many career fairs around the country and as I said, some virtual in March of 2020 due to the pandemic, we had to do a quick pivot from physical or in-person career fairs to a full schedule of virtual career fairs. So we ended up the year not producing as many career fairs because we had that huge disruption into the space. But we ended up with about 92 career fairs. Uh, more than 30,000 people did attend. Uh, several thousand companies attended and participated. And more than 6,000 jobs were offered. 
uh, to those that had attended. So it's on the right track. It's still there, uh, still providing that continuity of service and connection between veterans and, and employers that are looking for them. And one of the things maybe we should point out at this point as well is that, as you mentioned, it's uh, a lot of veterans are transitioning, but there are veterans that are out there who have been out of their service for maybe a few years, but you, along with the DAV, are still working with them. So it's not like there's any kind of a time span that you're looking at. It's no matter if you're a veteran, you're a veteran, and it doesn't matter when, correct? That is absolutely correct, and I'm glad you brought that up because the majority of our uh, of our attendees at our career fairs are people that have been out of the military for a while or a family member. Uh, spouse of, of a veteran uh, that's been out for a while. So um, it isn't only or certainly exclusive. Uh, you're going to have certain events that do get more men and women, you know, that are still in uniform, still serving, uh, where we host those on military bases if they're in person or virtual. We just did an event for Fort Bragg area veterans and their in their families last week. We're doing a Camp Pendleton uh, area veteran, uh, you know, for active duty, guard, reserve, veterans and their spouses. But yes, most of those individuals, and to complement that or to go with that, it isn't just that veterans or, you know, that have been out for a while are seeking those opportunities. Uh, what you really have is not that many, I don't want to say not that many and, you know, qualify it in that way or quantify it. But the majority of those veterans that come to our career fairs are not unemployed. They have jobs, but they're looking for better jobs, more meaningful work, or better career-oriented type situations. So the underemployment is a much different situation than unemployment. It's still, you know, you're always going to have people looking, and veterans are very good at finding what will work for them while they can keep work, you know, while they can keep looking and searching uh, for their next best opportunity. And again, as we mentioned in the very beginning, as far as the whole idea of veterans looking for work, sometimes their work is very specialized. And again, through the DAV and through organizations such as that, you can also help veterans pinpoint where their skills are best being able to use, even through something like resume writing, which maybe someone in another area might not understand exactly what they've done in order to put them in perspective. Yeah, that's that's right. And it's a great point. We do offer some resume tips that are on our website. We're looking to try to improve upon that as we move forward, certainly because one of the number one thing that we see for those individuals coming to a career fair. Now, I will also mention, it's worth mentioning, you know, at an in-person career fair, they walk in with copies of their resume or they have a thumb drive that has the digital copy and they, you know, they share it with employers in that particular way. Virtual is done the same way. And that's a question that we get all the time. When you register for one of our career fairs, it's going to ask you to upload your resume. Now, this works particularly well, uh, you know, certainly in the virtual space, because when you enter my booth, as an example, uh, I'm going to click on your name and your resume is there. I click on it. I can read your resume without the first bit of interaction, but it is an icebreaker. It is what companies are doing. When you come to a physical job fair, you wait in line to talk to somebody and then you hand them your, you know, your resume is usually how that works. But what we often find is very underprepared resumes. Now, we're not suggesting that people go out and spend, 
you know, an astronomical amount of money to get a resume. But there are a lot of resources, online resources and things like that, that are available to where you can put together a very solid resume because it is a very key thing. And we do know and understand that there are companies that rely heavily on a resume where some other types of industries do not, you know, but almost all look at the resume. So make sure your resume is in shape. We have those online tips at jobs.dav.org. And that was going to be my next question. With all this great information that you have available, just give us the give us the address, how people can get in touch with you. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to have a lot of a lot of veterans getting employed. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah, whether you're a veteran or a spouse of a veteran and you're seeking your next best opportunity uh, or you're a company looking to uh, find the talents uh, that veterans possess, uh, making that connection, you know, whether you're a veteran or an employer, go to jobs.dav.org. You'll find our host of online tools and resources, uh, including our job search board if you're a veteran, those tips I mentioned earlier. But also for a company, you will find a lot of resources that we have available, specifically our DAV guide to hiring and retaining veterans with disabilities. Again, that can all be found at jobs.dav.org. Jeff Hall, National Employment Director, DAV, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we'll have you back again in the near future with more great tips. I would love it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. 